It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network is your host, Brady Trent. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, I know, it's Monday. Oh, well, at least you're listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, so hopefully you can have a little bit of entertainment today. My name is Brady Trantham, and for the next 30 minutes or so, you will be so locked on thunder that you'll probably need to wash your hands afterwards. It's the Monday edition, so we're going to take a look back at the weekend that was in Thunderland. Only one game this time. The last two weeks, they've had two games. They had two days off after their Wednesday night loss to the Sacramento Kings before playing the Denver Nuggets on the road Saturday night. But they do play tonight in Oklahoma City against the Chicago Bulls. You still don't know who I am, Brady Trantham. I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 and since 2018 with 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. You can find all my Thunder stuff, my columns, blogs, and whatnot at thefranchiseok.com. And since football season has come to an end for the bowl games and the playoffs, I'll be a little bit more frequent in my writing. We've got some talented writers at thefranchiseok.com like John Hoover. Do an excellent job of covering Oklahoma Sooners football and Oklahoma Sooners sports. But with that sport winding down, a lot more room and a lot more time for some Thunder coverage. And I've been sitting on a few things for the last few weeks, so I'm excited to finish those and put them out there for everybody to read and enjoy. In addition to writing, I also do other podcasts like the OKC82 podcast that I do with Madison Morris after every single Thunder game. And those are more of just a reaction of what just happened, whereas Locked On is a little bit more methodical and thought out and as long form as a 20 to 30 minute daily podcast can be. So feel free to subscribe to that podcast as well. You can also hear me, Madison, Jerry Ramsey, and John Hamm on Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. to noon on the Franchise Thunder Insider Show. We just did our first episode back this season last Saturday and it was fun to get back into the swing of doing basketball shows on the radio. Looking forward to a lot more in the coming weeks. And if you're out of the market and you want to listen to what John Hamm has to say about trades, contracts, you want to hear what Jerry Ramsey has to say about the Detroit Pistons, whatever random funny things that come out of his mouth, 
feel free to subscribe 107.7 the franchise's app it's free so on saturdays 10 a.m to noon if you don't have anything to do you want to listen to some hoops talk download the app it's free click play and enjoy in addition to the week in review december 15th has come and passed now, I feel like some people may have thought that December 15th was like the trade deadline where if anything was going to happen, it's all going to happen on that day. And of course, nothing really occurred with the thunder fingers crossed. Nothing happens after I record this podcast. I'm recording this Sunday night late. I tried to wait as long as possible just in case something might happen. I didn't think something would happen, but you never know covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's, you never feel exactly safe. But Adrian Wojnarowski and Zach Lowe of ESPN came together on their show some interesting things to talk about concerning the Oklahoma City Thunder and some of their players and what Sam Presti in the front office could be planning on doing in the coming weeks and months. So we'll talk about that as well. Let's step right into the weekend in review. The Thunder did lose to the Denver Nuggets 110 to 102. The score was it was it was weird. The Thunder technically and theoretically had many chances in this game, which is surprising considering that the the score was at one point in the first quarter, 20-6. to six. The Thunder did finish on a 14-7 run in the first quarter, so it could have been a lot worse. The Thunder were able to do what they do best, scratch, claw, compete, fight, hustle, put themselves in a position to, like I said, in theory win the game, but it was, it was never a game I felt confident that the Thunder would be able to go on a run long enough to sustain a run long enough to get over the hump, take the lead, and ultimately finish the Denver Nuggets. And in reality... The Thunder played like a team that was tired, and it should make a lot of sense. This was the longest road trip that they're going to have this season. They haven't been in Oklahoma City since December 6th, 10 days ago, starting off with a back-to-back against the Portland Trailblazers and then the Utah Jazz, which the Thunder were able to get victories out of, and then a heartbreaking last-second loss to those Sacramento Kings. Then you get to Denver a few days later, and it just looked like the Thunder had tired legs. A lot of ball-watching on defense, not a lot of attention to detail on back screens by the Denver Nuggets, cuts on the baseline. I mean, Denver was just able to basically run a layup line for the first six, seven minutes of the first quarter, and that really set the tone for the rest of the game. The, the Nuggets just felt so much confidence offensively that when it did get kind of close at, at certain points in the second half, the Nuggets were at least confident that they could run a methodical offense that the Thunder weren't going to have enough energy or hustle to ultimately stop, and that's basically what happened. Another thing that didn't really help the Thunder's chances was just the play of Danilo Gallinari. Now, this is his second game back from an ankle injury that forced him out of the Utah game, in which Darius Baisley got the start for him. But it really looks like that there's just something wrong with Danilo. Over the last two games, Sacramento and Saturday night against Denver, he's shooting a combined 6 of 26 from the field, 4 of 16 from the three-point line, and only scored 21 points. So in my mind, because he's typically very efficient, I mean, he'll have his average games, he'll have his bad games even, but it really, it rarely ever has to do because he's shooting so inefficiently. And against Denver, he was 1 of 13, and he didn't hit his first shot, which ended up being a 3. He was 1 of 7 from the three-point line against Denver towards the end of the game when the game was fairly decided by that point. Because of all that, it just makes me question if Danilo Gallinari is 100% healthy, and you can kind of go back to a Steven Adams situation where in the beginning of the season, Steven Adams is not 100% healthy now. I was probably a little overly critical of, well, it's just a knee bruise. How is it making you look so average at times? And then the fact that, and then you add on to the fact that Steven Adams' second half of the year last season played into the how he started off this year, and it just made me probably be a little bit more overly critical because ever since he's been, quote-unquote, 100% healthy, according to the Thunder and Billy Donovan, Steven has certainly turned it around and looked all the part of the third or fourth best player on this team. And so you can kind of apply it the same way to Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, just an ankle injury, and yeah, it just forced him to miss one game, but 
long road trip, heartbreaking loss on Wednesday night, a few days off to rest, which at times cannot really be a good thing for an ankle injury. You know, the more that you sit on it, the worse it can potentially get. And he looks fine on the floor. Doesn't He's not favoring it in any way. But 1 of 13 from the floor, preceded by a 5 of 13 performance against Sacramento, against an average defense in the Sacramento Kings and the NBA's second leading team in defensive rating, the Denver Nuggets. I mean, maybe Danilo Gallinari will bounce back against the Chicago Bulls because the Bulls are, they're a very bad team. And who doesn't bounce back against teams like the Chicago Bulls? It's a good chance for Danilo to get back into his efficient rhythm, get some positive momentum going. But it is something I'm going to be keeping an eye on for tonight, just to see if it was just maybe the result of an untimely little nagging injury, a lot of time on the road, and he and Danilo just simply needs to get home, or it's a little bit more comfortable to get back being the consistent player that we've seen this season. Another quick note, I'm not even going to try and guess what happens tonight? Now, like I said, I'm rec- I recorded this podcast Sunday evening. I'm assuming that the Thunder will have a morning shoot around Monday. So after you've probably already heard this podcast, they haven't really been consistent with their shoot arounds. They've had some days where they have actually had a shoot around with media availability, and then other times they won't have a shoot around at all. So we won't get a chance to talk to them before lunchtime or so until we get to the game actually around four or five o'clock. So I'm not even going to guess if Terrence Ferguson is going to play because all week I had been saying on this podcast that, oh, I'm sure he'll come back the next game, and he wouldn't. He also sat out against the Denver Nuggets. Abdul Nader got another start and looked pretty pretty good. Five five of seven, one of two from the five of seven from the floor, one of two from the three point line. Hit all three of his free throws, finished with 14 points. I, I gotta tip my hat to Abdul Nader. I, I buried him <laughs> rather quickly in this season, and it really had little to do with what he had done in the first handful of games this season. It mainly had everything to do with what I saw of him last season, what I saw of him in the preseason, what I see of him in practice when I'm able to see him go out there and shoot. Just didn't strike me as a player that if he was forced into a role with more responsibility, playing more minutes, played 26 minutes the other night against Denver, just didn't strike me as a guy that could stay on the floor for that long because he can be lost defensively. He can be a mismatch in the bad way for the Thunder defensively. And unless he's spotting up in the corner, he doesn't, necessarily drive with the amount of confidence that you would want in somebody going to the basket because it could result a lot of times with Abdul it would result in a turnover a lot of times it would result in an offensive foul he's fairly easy to figure out if you've watched film on him he does a very long awkward euro step that's half the time it's not very under control so if you just set yourself defensively and guess which way he's going to end up going you can get an offensive foul called on him fairly easily but despite all that since Nader's been put into the starting lineup he has done everything to make all that sound like complete crap I mean Abdul Nader he's he's been a good player for the Thunder maybe it was just simply a case of somebody just needed to be forced into a situation not necessarily easily phased into a rotation at the end of the bench where they're playing up against other scrubs from other teams maybe Abdul needed this so far so good for him over the last five games which are been starts for him he's averaging 10 points per game on three of six shooting 60 percent of his three-point shots so he's only taking three a game thus far that may start to climb up a little bit you can just see it in the last five games his attempts have slowly increased he went from one against Minnesota, two against Portland, to four and six against Utah and Sacramento, respectively. He only took two against Denver. But I feel like with more playing time, with more confidence, Abdul is going to be a little bit more aggressive in trying to find shots on the floor from deep because he is shown to be a very good three-point shooter, obviously. Now, even if Terrence Ferguson is able to return, I feel like Abdul has more than played well 
has played more than well enough to give Billy Donovan some confidence that, okay, I'm, I can maybe put him up a little bit quicker into a game out of into some more interesting rotations. So even if Terrence comes back, I don't really anticipate a large drop-off from, from Abdul Nader. But then again, I didn't anticipate this performance over the last few weeks or so, so who knows? And before we go any further, I want to talk to everybody about mattresses. Casper mattresses, these are not haunted, by the way. This original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep service with the right amount of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash LockedMBA and using LockedMBA at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all of their offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Steven Adams had another good game, 18 points, 14 rebounds, which actually ties his season high. He had 14 points in the loss to the Washington Wizards. But statistically, probably his most impressive game in terms of points and rebounds altogether more and more good for Stephen Adams it's more and more good things for the Oklahoma City Thunder if Stephen is able to do a lot of those good things he got plenty of attempts too he was 9 of 15 from the floor one of everybody's favorite Thunder follows on Twitter Mr. Stephen Dolan you can follow him at Steve Thunderfan on Twitter has done a good job of finding all the set plays that the Thunder have run where they put Stephen Adams in the corner and Chris Paul will come off of a screen towards the basket and throw it to Stephen on in the corner where he could either shoot depending on if his defender is off far enough away or in these two instances he's been able to drive and actually finish at the rim surprisingly enough it's something that i've wanted to see i've wanted to see out of steven for maybe the last three seasons and it, yeah i mean you could you can fall back to the the simplistic i want to see steven shoot threes i mean i want i want to see that too and after he actually shot his first three-pointer back in the preseason in that game against the mavericks in tulsa i talked to steven in the locker room about it and asked basically I was trying to get, was that just kind of a novelty play? Like, here, let's just do this and see what works, you know, for fun. Or is this something that if you ever find yourself in that same situation again, do you, Stephen, have the green light? And Stephen said, yes, in that situation, I do. Now, until fairly recently, the Thunder really haven't run that set play at all. I mean, Stephen did take another three, I believe, in the Minnesota game from the corner. His first three-pointer of the regular season, and he missed it. But they're starting to be a little bit more exotic in how they're working with Steven Adams offensively. And it's probably because he's becoming more and more healthy. He's able to do a little bit more things. But what I've actually wanted to see out of him is just I want to see the Thunder put him in situations where he can probably play make a little bit more now. Obviously, if his defender isn't even breathing on him at that point and Chris Paul passes him the ball, Steven's probably going to, going to let it fly, which can be a good thing. Steven's shown to be in practice, his shooting form. 
all things considered, a fairly decent three-point shooter. But also, if his but if his defender does respect him a little bit because he simply doesn't want to be the guy that gets rained a three on by Steven Adams, well, then I want to I want to see Steven in a situation where he can play make and maybe find somebody cutting to the basket. I'm not expecting anything Nikola Jokic-like. I'm not expecting anything like that. But I've really respected Steven Adams' vision, his ability to make passes in random situations where plays maybe break down. I feel like the Thunder are trying to put him in situations like that. I've always been excited to see it. I, I feel like he could be that type of player. Now, maybe that was a little bit hampered by playing with Russell Westbrook, a player who's so demanding and everything has to run through him first and not saying that in an insulting way, Russell Westbrook is one of the best players to ever live, and it's because he plays that way, so more power to him. But I don't know. It's just something I've been interested in seeing. Hopefully, the Thunder continue on continue to do more set plays like this. And if they do, it'll, it'll no doubt lead to some defenses being a little bit more privy to what they're actually going to be doing, which would then you would hope lead to Steven Adams being forced to play make more so and not just basically have a free lane to the basket like he's had in these last two situations. So Steven Adams, point center, prove me wrong. Shea Gildas-Alexander had a ho-hum game, 7 of 13 from the floor, good efficiency, only took one three-pointer that he missed, got to the foul line twice, which that's going to be a problem moving forward. 16 points, three assists, just, you know, okay game. Chris Paul as well, 15 points, 10 10 assists, double-double for him. Dennis Schroeder led the Thunder in scoring with 22 points, but he took 17 shots to get there. Four of eight from the three-point line. Good, efficient, and even though I just complained about Dennis Schroeder taking a lot of three-point attempts in a previous podcast, I mean, if the Thunder were going to win that game the way it was going, it was going to be because somebody got hot and saved them, and the one guy that had the ability to do so that evening was probably Dennis Schroeder, so I'll give you a free pass on this one, Dennis. And outside of that, the Thunder didn't get, really get a lot of help scoring-wise off the bench. Nerlens Noel, Mike Muscala, and Darius Bazin combined to score 10 points. Lou Dort didn't even get a point at all. And again, there's really no shame in going to Denver and losing, even though Denver, over the last seven games, had only won twice. They were against the New York Knicks and the Portland Trailblazers. It's a tough environment to play in. Altitude. Thunder were probably tired. It's a, it was a long road trip. Again, like I had said in a previous podcast, I feel like I haven't talked to any of the players or Billy Donovan in, in months. Hopefully I don't forget how to ask questions this morning. Having said all those nice things about Steven Adams, Nikola Jokic is just a bad, bad matchup for Steven Adams. I mean, he's a bad matchup for a lot of centers in the NBA. Nikola Jokic last year was playing at an MVP level. He's had kind of a slow start this year, but he looked every much like the player we all saw at the end of the season, regular season last year. 28 points, 11 of 14 from the floor, 3 of 6 from the three-point line, 14 rebounds, 12 assists, got the triple-double. Just an incredible player with an incredible skill set that's, like I said, makes it hard for any center to defend him. So there's no shame in that. But And then Steven was able to somewhat neutralize it by scoring on the offensive end by himself. And that's what you have to do when you're playing Jokic because Jokic is nothing to write home about defensively. So if he's going to cook you while he's on offense, you need to do something about it on, on your offensive end. Probably led to Steven getting 15 attempts. And everybody's old friend, Mr. Jeremy Grant, got the start. For the Denver Nuggets, shot 4 of 8 from the floor, 0 of 2 from the three-point line, 4 rebounds, thirteen finished with 13 points. Was odd, and, it, and it's still kind of odd to even see Nerlens Noel flying in for a block on, off the weak, on the weak side on defense with his number 9 jersey. 
I still get kind of confused and think, oh, that's Jeremy because they have similar body types. They're both long, long-limbed, lengthy players that go after blocks on the weak side. And then Jeremy Grant is on the floor in a Denver Nuggets jersey. So it was it was kind of confusing for me for a few seconds. It took me a minute to get used to it. But having said all that, the Thunder go on a road trip, a road trip that I thought going into it, I would not be surprised if they lose all four of them. <laughs> And they split them. All, they split them. They probably won the most difficult of the four, in that they won the ones that they played on a back-to-back in two of the more difficult environments to play in the NBA. Two arenas that historically the Thunder have not had a lot of success in recently. They beat Portland and Utah, and should have beat Sacramento, but they didn't. And then they lose in Denver. So overall, you got to give this road trip because it wasn't 100% successful. Of course, you have to give it a B. You've got to be happy if you just want if you want the Thunder to win. And once we get into the trade scenarios and what Wojnarowski and Zach Lowe had to say, because of how this season may actually play out, you've got to be happy that the Thunder are able to be as successful as they were on this road trip, and at times look as good or probably just not look as terrible as they potentially could have been on the road trip. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Adrian Wojnarowski and Zach Lowe, the landscape of trades in the NBA. They even had a few things to say about the Oklahoma City Thunder. As everybody should be well aware by now, December 15th was the date where 78% of the league could now be traded. And so a lot of people going into this season, if they didn't think Chris Paul or players like Chris Paul weren't going to be traded before the season even started, it was it was the next best guess was around December 15th. Woj and Lowe didn't really provide as much insight as I think people were expecting concerning the Oklahoma City Thunder. And some of that is just because the Thunder are an incredible tough cookie to crack. I mean, we all we all have fun on draft night when Woj is tweeting out <laughs> in so many words players being drafted two or three teams before they're actually televised as being drafted. And it never fails. Once it gets to the Oklahoma City Thunder, Woj goes silent because he just doesn't know who the Thunder are going to draft. The Thunder are incredibly good at being silent. And so a lot of the bullet points were Chris Paul is probably going to finish out the season with the Oklahoma City Thunder, at least. The potential for Danilo Gallinari to finish out the season with the Thunder and then do a sign-and-trade is in play. Players like Steven Adams and Dennis Schroeder do have a market. Indirectly, Zach Lowe and Wojnarowski said that pretty much everybody except for Shea Gildas-Alexander is available. So the main sentiment is that the Thunder find themselves in a good spot where they can be patient and wait out for a potential stupid haul of some other GM, of some other team being a little desperate. The Chris Paul thing doesn't really shock me. Basically, since about the third or fourth week of the season, once I saw the team start to make subtle improvements, once I saw the team start to buy in, to whatever Billy Donovan was trying to sell them, to buy into Chris Paul's leadership. It just called an old-fashioned hunch, gut feeling. I, I just 
didn't think Chris Paul was going to be traded anytime soon. And a lot of it does have to do with his out, his in huge contract. It's a huge contract. It's a lot of money to move. Not a lot of cap space out there. And then the Thunder, are, they're going to want a lot, a few good things out of the Chris Paul trade. They're going to want a young, a, a good young player, and then draft assets. But the likelihood that other teams are willing to do that with a mid thirties aged vet with injury history with an injury history is not very likely and then the scenario that, that a lot of people talked about prior to the season starting the best case scenario for the thunder is if a team like miami or milwaukee or some upper level team that stumbles out of the gate and ha- and then is and then gets desperate to get a shot in the arm like a chris paul type player those teams might be willing then to give up a young player and then maybe a draft asset those things did not happen miami and milwaukee are one of the better teams or two of the better teams in the league. There's not a lot of desperate teams out there just yet. Of course, everything can change. Every Chris Paul might be traded two minutes after this podcast goes on air for, with, with my luck. But the more I think about it, if you put a true serum in me, I won't be shocked that Chris Paul finishes out at least this season with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Danilo Gallinari is kind of in the same boat too, and that's a little bit more recent than my thoughts on Chris Paul. And it's basically because the Thunder are just in a good spot. They can make the play. They could make the playoffs with this team. This this season is an absolute punt. They're too talented to get a high lot lottery draft pick. They were going to be too talented for too long, meaning they'd have to hold on to. They're, they're probably going to be with Chris Paul for the entire season. And at the earliest, I don't expect Danilo Gallinari to be traded until probably the trade deadline. That's more than half the season. The Thunder are going to win a good amount of games in that time span. And if they're going to be fighting teams like Phoenix or Minnesota or Sacramento, they're going to be fighting teams like that for the last few playoff spots. A team with Danilo Gallinari and Chris Paul on it for more than half the season is probably, I would take that bet that the Thunder would be able to get in. So not only do you get to put young players into situations where they learn how to win games, win a fair amount of games, they're not they're not getting blown out, they're not being asked to humiliate themselves like the process Sixers a few years ago. You get to do all that and then potentially get into the playoffs and then teach your young players playoff basketball so that when the Thunder, in theory, are quote-unquote back in playoff contention when Darius Baisley, Shea Gilles Alexander, Hamadou Diallo, and whoever else start to approach their prime, the primes of their career their first foray into the playoffs isn't such a shock. They would have then had a playoff experience this year. Now, of course, this is all best-case scenario. The Thunder could, of course, do the exact opposite of what I'm just talking about. But it's something that I've talked about on this podcast, so I'm just going to stick with it. And I think with Steven Adams kind of in the same boat of the whole stupid hall potential, Steven Adams is a is a player that's beloved by the franchise, beloved in the locker room, even though he's up there in age relative to the younger guys on this team. He's still a guy that you would probably want in your locker room to, to help set the culture standard. And he's also a really good player <laughs> when he's healthy. But again, if some team is willing to give up a good young player and a draft pick or two and an expiring contract because they get desperate and they see Steven Adams as their missing piece, then Sam Presti would be foolish to, of course, not take that call. But it would have to be something stupid good. Something so dumb that it's not going to happen, like a Jason Tatum, some draft picks, and whatever else. I don't think that that's going to happen, so I foresee Steven Adams finishing out his big contract, probably with the Thunder. Now, Dennis Schroeder, I could I could see realistically, even without a stupid near-impossible haul in return, I can see Dennis Schroeder be traded for a handful of reasons, but if the Thunder are going to have the plan of 
we're only going to wait for such a good return. Otherwise, we're just going to stay put with this team and move forward in the short term and make the, try to make the playoffs and try to make a little dent and give our young guys some exposure in that light. Well, then you need to have Dennis Schroeder because he's one of your better players. Of the last 12 games, he's led the Thunder in scoring over 20 points per game. He's exceptional off the bench. He does have his flaws, of course. He's not a perfect player, but he does help the Thunder more times than not. And when he's engaged on both ends of the floor, he's a guy that you finish games with. So to get rid of him for less experienced players or less established players, that makes your team worse. So it just really depends on what deals are thrown the Thunder's way. And if they're not overly beneficial for the Thunder, then you just hold on to this team, hope they get healthier, hope you hope Hamadou Diallo comes back, you hope Abdul Nader continues his trajectory, his development, you hope Terrence Ferguson finds more rhythm on offense, you hope Steven Adams stays healthy. If all those things happen, the Thunder are probably going to make the playoffs, and, they'll, and they will be a thorn in the side of whoever they end up seeing in the first round. So yeah, nothing too exciting from Woj and Lowe. Again, the Thunder are a tough cookie to crack. But anything can change. It's the NBA. Things happen so fast. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Monday edition of the Locked on Thunder podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Brady Does Sports for this podcast, my other stuff, my columns, Thunder thoughts and everything. The Thunder do play tonight in Oklahoma City against the Chicago Bulls. So hopefully it'll be a fun environment, fun atmosphere for basketball on a Monday night in Oklahoma City. But until tomorrow, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'll see you later. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.